baseball life. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. After the hour of 11, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Appreciate you listening wherever you are listening. Here's what's coming up momentarily. Michael Swain, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Uh, we'll get into recruiting uh, with Michael. We're going to talk about one of the articles that he retweeted uh, on quarterbacks. Uh, Brock Purdy on one of the tiers, as Ben Kirchival, uh slotted them. We'll get into that. Uh, what else? We've got uh, Frank Schwab coming up in 20 minutes. He covers the NFL for YahooSports.com. And today, he began his look, and he does. he's done this for years, a look at all 32 teams, you know, one every day. Yes, I remember these, yes. And you don't want to be the first one out of the box, mm-hmm. clearly. I think the Bears have been semi-recently. Have they? Yeah. That was brutal. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like being not getting a prime time game. Right. Yeah. Everything's at 11 a.m. Everything's at 11 or, or, or you know, mountain time zone, 2.30. Uh-huh. Um, but, by the way, no hard knocks announcement yet. What are they waiting on? Aaron Rodgers. Simple as that. They're going to Denver if Aaron Rodgers yeah. is there because they qualify. They're one of the few teams that do. That's my take anyways. Let's get Michael Swain in here. Uh, we appreciate it. Don't want to keep him on hold too much longer. Michael, Trent, Ken, thank you for being patient. How are you, Michael Swain? I'm doing great, doing great. Thank you guys for having me on again. No, listen, we appreciate it. You do such a good job of following Iowa State recruiting, and it's been, um, as you well know, kind of a hectic time in your world for those folks who cover recruiting as closely uh, as you guys at 24-7 Sports do. So let's get into, uh, uh, is it uh, Hassard? Dylan Hassard, is that his name? Uh, the uh, One of the most uh, recent to uh, say he's coming to Iowa State. What do we know about him? Yeah, so Dalen Hazard is a, one of the long-standing targets for Iowa State. They were the first program to get in and offer him, and that was really a big moment for him. I mean, I look back at the story that we did at the time when they did offer, and he admitted that he kind of broke down and was in tears because it's been his dream to play at the Power 5 level and play you know, really high-level football, and Iowa State gave him that opportunity. Now, programs like his in-state school, Minnesota, came calling. Iowa came calling, and then Kansas State and Nebraska offered as well. But it really did come down to Iowa State and Minnesota. And Iowa State did a really good job with Hazard on his official visit to Ames. He was there one of the, the first big weekends of June when Iowa State had around 15 prospects on campus. Um, Hazard was one of them, and Iowa State did a really good job connecting with him. He got the chance to talk to a lot of Iowa State's current commits. You know, Iowa State now has seven verbal commitments, but at the time, all four that were committed were on campus for that weekend, um, so we got the chance to spend time with them, and I think he came away really impressed, and his relationship with the offensive line coach Jeff Myers was a real big part of it, and he's someone that has, you know, real high-end potential, I think, in terms of his athleticism, you know, someone that's six foot five, 280 pounds, he's an athletic offensive lineman, and someone that probably could play maybe either guard or tackle, maybe just depending on how his body fills out and how his um, flexibility goes. Avery Henry, yeah, uh, another story. Commitment. Yeah. Guy that has lost a lot of weight, really transformed his body 
in a completely different way. Still a big dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's certainly doing the right thing, though, and you can see uh, just the improvements that he's made on his body. Phil's in a little bit there, and you beat Syracuse, West Virginia, including a Big 12 mate's got to feel pretty good there. What you know about Avery Henry? Yeah, definitely. He's one that maybe fits the bill for Iowa State a little bit. You think of someone like Dodge Saucer from who's in state um, from the last cycle. You know, he was someone that needed to put on weight to make it to Iowa State. Well, Avery Henry made the decision that, you know, he weighed 355 pounds last fall. He decided that he really didn't feel like he could, you know, we hear about Matt Campbell talk about being the best version of yourself you could be, and Avery Henry made the decision that he couldn't be his best at 355 pounds. So over the last nine months, he went on this kind of, journey really where he lost 50 pounds he's now six foot six 305 pounds um if you do have social media go onto his twitter account he has a photo of him from his iowa state visit and he looks like a lean six foot six 305 pounds which is exciting for iowa state to maybe get that sort of body and that frame on campus to where dave andrews then can you know really work with him and that was something that he mentioned to me early on kind of after his visit was he'd sat down with dave andrews and got to talk to him a little bit about just what his plan is and how he develops guys at Iowa State. And that was something that stood out to him because he has spent so much time on his body and he wants that momentum to continue into college. So he's someone that maybe is a little more on the under-recruited side just because, you know, the, the weight loss and seeing his junior film isn't necessarily what he looks like now. But I think he's someone that is a, a good get for Iowa State. Are, are they close? Um, did you get the sense that Iowa State's going? there's going to be more announcements coming on as far as kids are going to pledge to uh, to be a Cyclone? Uh, what can you tell a guy like Greg Gaines, who I'm looking uh, at your feed, certainly highlight-wise, um, skill guy, four-star wide receiver. What about some guys that potentially are close that uh, may make their decision here at some point in the next few days? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, Greg Gaines is one that will probably make his decision sometime in July. Um, we're looking at him. He's going to wrap up his official visit schedule, I believe, this weekend. Um, and a lot of guys are taking their final official visits in June. Um, some guys decided to take four in the month of June. Some decided to take five, you know, some less. But, yeah, Greg Gaines is one that I do anticipate he'll probably decide sometime in July. Um, and then another one, Noble Thomas, is a cornerback uh, out of Florida as well who said he's going to commit on june the 30th he's kind of between boston college and iowa state i think iowa state isn't a good spot there but i don't think that one's a done deal by any means yet um those are probably two of the big ones of course kieran adams is a prospect out of arizona that i think iowa state is in a really really good spot for he told me he's thinking of a july 28th commitment date it's his mother's birthday Mm. but we'll see if he makes it that far just because i think that iowa state has done a really really good job of recruiting him um and then, of course, you know, I think there may be some other names, but I think to some degree it's going to depend on how the final visit goes for some of these guys because there's some stuff that's you know, to be decided with how big these visits can be. With that, uh, to the here and now, and you have an article up at CycloneAlert.com talking about Eli Sanders, the incoming running back. Now, you got Brees Hall there. Not going to be a whole lot of carries behind him. Jirel Brock, he came in certainly with a lot of accolades. Mm-hmm. You figure he's going to get there, but he's a track guy, Eli Sanders. The guy that had the Applebee's eye out in front when he was on his visit, that always cracks me up. Uh, but they were rolling out the red carpet there. Does he have returnability? He's track speed and certainly has that. Kene Nwangu off to the NFL. Could he find a role in that avenue as a returner? Definitely, and that's going to be maybe the question is if he is going to see the field as a freshman, it's, it's likely going to be maybe in a return role 
or maybe as someone more of like a speed back. You think of, you know, Brees Hall and Jairo Brock being two more maybe all-around backs, but, you know, Eli Sanders is someone that you look at his 100-meter times from high school. He ran a 10.7-second 100 meters, and if you compare that to Kenny Nuwangu, who, of course, ran, I believe, a sub-4440 at his Iowa State Pro Day, well, Kenny ran a 10.54, you know, 100-meter time, so you're looking at only like tenths of a second, you know, off in between each other. So he has really good speed, and someone that his role maybe in 2021 may not be super big, but he's definitely going to be, you know, a name to know in years to come just because of that speed. And at six foot, you know, 190 pounds, if he's able to add some more weight, some more strength, you know, I think he's someone that could be a really, really good back for Iowa State in the Big 12. And his speed is just definitely going to be his biggest asset at the moment. College quarterbacks coming up in a, in a second, but uh, I think it was over the weekend or no, it was maybe last week, but Omaha Blue. Uh, spent some time, uh, an unofficial to Iowa State. I saw a picture of TJ kind of flexing a little bit with Baloo, uh, having some fun kibitzing around a little bit. We get the sense that Omaha Baloo is probably not even going to play college basketball. Um, do you get that sense? I mean, it can't hurt uh, bringing Baloo on campus. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, but what, what do you, when you hear Omaha Baloo, what, what way do you lean as far as what he's going to do after his high school career is over? Yeah, I think he's one of those that strikes me as someone that could either go to the blue butter route of trying to pick a Kentucky, a Duke, somewhere like that where you can build your brand in college basketball. Um, we've seen that happen a lot where guys come in and play really well at the college level, and it really helps their NBA draft stock because you get eyeballs on you if you're playing at Duke. But then, of course, I think, like you mentioned, going the G League or professional route could be something too, and that's something that I think I've heard a little bit of is that he's kind of looking at both, and maybe some of it could depend on how the – you know, the name image likeness stuff pans out over the next year because he is a class of 2023 recruit. So he does have, you know, some time left before he's going to make that college decision. And there will probably be a time where the NIL stuff is more uh, solidified to where maybe he has an idea that if he goes to Kentucky, he can take advantage of his own brand. Or if he goes to a big blue blood school, he could take advantage of his name. So I think it may depend on how the NIL stuff turns out, but he's one that I would not say is a lock to play college basketball. Speaking of uh, basketball recruiting, Eli King, Taman Lipsy already committed a couple of guards for that 2022 class, but they're not done. Uh, Anthony Black's going to be making a visit. He's a top 75 player nationally. Another guard, a uh, little bit longer, maybe a small forward, if you will, at six foot seven. What else are they looking at here and trying to get some more guys on campus for visits? Yeah, it's a busy week for actually for the Iowa State basketball coaching staff. Obviously, Anthony Black is on campus today. He's going to be there for, I believe it's a three-day visit. And then when he leaves, Demarion Watson, who's from Minnesota, he'll be on campus as well. T.J. Otzelberger and Kyle Green were on up in Minnesota to watch Demarion Watson play in person over the weekend. And he's someone that I think is going to be a name to know for Iowa State fans. It seems like Iowa State's in a battle with Minnesota for him right now. And then Anthony Black is someone that his recruitment is really starting to take off. He landed the Duke offer yesterday and Programs like Gonzaga and Kentucky are showing some interest in him as well. So it is going to be a busy and important week for the Iowa State basketball coaching staff holding kind of their first two high school official visits kind of of their tenure as a coaching staff. Mm. Uh, you put up a piece uh, from uh, from Ben Kirchival regarding college quarterbacks and and some of the tiers that, uh, that Kirchival uh, placed them in. You know what jumped off the page to me, Michael, is just how many group of five quarterbacks are going to have a – 
a major impact on college football. Gabriel at uh, Central Florida, McCall Coastal Carolina, Trent Sky Ritter at Cincinnati, who he just loves. Liberty's quarterback Malik Willis. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, Nevada Carson Strong is, is a heck of a player. But just how many Group of Five quarterbacks? When you think quarterbacks in college football. Disproportionately, is Power Five school that has all these guys. That's not the case. I wonder if this is an anomaly or something we can expect more of in the future. Yeah, it is interesting, and I, I did notice that too. That it seemed like there were a lot of kind of the the G five quarterbacks that were around. You know, you think of like the Spencer Rattlers, the Sam Howells, and the Brock Purdy's, but there were a lot of them. And I think that it maybe speaks to the level of quarterback plays taking a step up across college football. I think is. You know, players have become smarter in terms of the way that they're training and the way that they read defenses and just in general, you know, football has become such a a mental sport, right, for the quarterbacks, especially these days with the different offenses and things like that. And I thought that was interesting, but I also thought that the tiers that Kirchhoff did were a little interesting as well. I don't disagree with the fact that Brock Purdy is probably a tier two quarterback if you're going to sort it into who are going to be the Heisman contenders and ones that are going to compete for maybe college football playoff spots and be the ones leading the team. You know, we think of Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell at North Carolina. I think those are two that really fit that. But I thought Brock Purdy is maybe a little bit better than the, you know, I think it totally came out as the 11th best quarterback in college football. I think he is better than that, which that's just maybe me being a little more in tune with Iowa State and Brock Purdy. But I do think that the calling him a tier two quarterback is accurate because I think if Brock Purdy is playing up to his highest potential, Iowa State is a college football playoff type of team. But it's just a question of, you know, can Brock Purdy do that for, you know, 12, 13, 14 weeks out of the year? Yeah, absolutely fair. So last thing for you, Michael, uh, give us, uh, give you an opportunity to promote what you got coming up at Cyclone Alert. You mentioned it's busy time basketball wise. You'll be paying attention on that. Do you have anything you'd like to, uh, uh, share with our audience as to what you've got coming up at Cyclone Alert, part of 24-7 sports? Yeah, definitely. We've got some good stuff coming up on the football. I'm going to dive more into some of the spring stories that we were able to get from some of the coaches. So I'll probably write something on one of the young cornerbacks, TJ Tampa, later this mm-hmm. week. And of course, we'll have recaps of hopefully of Anthony Black's official visit and we'll have a preview and recap of both of Demarion Watson's kind of official visit to Iowa State this weekend. So definitely just would encourage people to stay tuned to the site. Absolutely. 24-7 Sports, they do a great job in recruiting. The Cyclone site is CycloneAlert.com, and Michael Swain uh, runs the shop over there. Michael, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, talk to you down the road. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. So the Tier 1 that Kurt mm-hmm. put up has only five quarterbacks. Sam Howell at North Carolina, who, along with Spencer Rattler, are, I think, most mockers. Yeah have them uh, as the first two quarterbacks off the board in this upcoming draft. Mm-hmm. Then Gabriel is Central Florida. I did not see much. I don't know much about his game. I was always impressed, but were you? seems a little tick high. Um, McCall at Coastal Carolina. We saw him play last year. It's all right. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. Yeah. I, he doesn't move my... Now, JT Daniels at Georgia. Now, this is a guy that I think yeah. is going to have a massive year. Yes. Massive like year. One. Injuries prevented him. Couldn't get on the field until late last year. Uh, and then that second tier, and it's no knock to be on. Look at the list of guys. It's incredible. King, Miami. Mm-hmm. Ritter at Cincinnati. Uh, Jaden Daniels, who that is guy. unbelievably athletic. A little hot, cold. Little, little, true. 
not not a smooth process. You're going to see him one quarter, and he looks like the best quarterback in college yeah. football in the next. And he's got some time left, too. He looks like he shouldn't be playing in northern Arizona. <laughs> uh, Matt Carell at Ole Miss. Like that dude. dude so do I. Uh, Brock Purdy. Slovis at USC, who mm-hmm. we saw. Uh, didn't he start again? Yeah, he started he against did. Iowa in Until he got crunched Bowl. by Epinesa. That's right, and that ended his mm-hmm. day. Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State. You know my love of Spencer Sanders. And he was a guy that uh, got crushed and missed some time yeah. last year as well. So Carson Strong at Nevada, another really good one. So 49 quarterbacks all told through five different tiers mm-hmm. is how Kerchival put this together at CBS Sports. Not listed. Mm-hmm. Keep going. The quarterback from the east side of the state. Not the listed question, Trent. amongst the top 50 quarterbacks in college football coming into the season. That's a concern. Well, use it as a chip. Right? Well, Prove him wrong. The last two games, that's what I keep hearing, I right? Know. I wish he would have got the Michigan game and the yes. bowl game for his development, yep. uh, in particular for his development. That was really, really something. that Because um, I'm with you. He was coming on. There were some bad games. There were some I, bad moments. I still don't see it. Some head-scratching. I'm kind of with you. I just, I think I was really good at every position mm-hmm. except for one. Well, you got to give the young man credit for this. He's worked his tail off this summer, right? And he knows. Yeah. He. Um, we'll see. The proof will be in the pudding. And good news is, we only have like sixty-eight days or something. Is that like. all it is? It's not that long. All right. Well, maybe, is it sixty-eight days? Yeah, that seems 60. short. No, it's July's thirty-one. Yeah. We're on the twenty-two. Yeah. Today. All right. Let's go. That's right. It's, it's coming, baby. Uh, we will uh, have Frank Schwab coming up next uh, as we get into the NFL and sports wagering with Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.0. Oh. DraftKings Sportsbook, not only are they my favorite sportsbook, but they're America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings. Easy to navigate, plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all of the action. My friends and family love DraftKings, and I'm sure that you will too. And how about this great offer? Hoops is here, and you got to love this one, DraftKings Sportsbook. A chance to turn one buck into $100 in site credits. I love these ones. Bet a little, chance to win a lot. Just bet any basketball team to win. Don't even have to cover, just win the game. And if they do, that's $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook, great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, golf, and so much more all week long. Even Olympic sports, as we found out today. (laughs) DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice. If they win their next game, you'll claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code KXNO for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Iowa only, new customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 bets off. Family owned. Committed to service. Low prices. That's K Guard Leaf Free Gutter System. Jack and Charlie Manning, owners of K Guard Iowa, are dedicated to their craft and the gutter project on your home to guarantee each project is done to the K Guard Iowa standard. K Guard is a completely engineered, fully integrated, leaf-free gutter system with strength, durability, capacity, and attractiveness for your home. KGuardIowa.com to find out more about the K Guard Iowa. 
Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. And our marketing and communication services can help you promote your facility business. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do do for you and your fun for podcasting. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live local. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNL and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Approaching 1130 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Well, you can tell one of the, a couple of the things as we get closer to football. We get, we find out who's going to be in hard knocks. Peter King goes on vacation mm-hmm. until training camps open up. And Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports begins his countdown of all 32 teams as we march toward the season. And we are underway today being team 32. You don't want to be a Houston Texan fan, do you, Frank Schwab? Bob. Oh man, it was that you know. Some years it's like you know, it's I struggle to okay, who's going to be last? Who's going to be first? <laughs> whatever, whatever. There was a struggle for first this year, I'll tell you that. But there was no, there wasn't even a second thought. It's like okay, Texans are thirty-two. Who do I move on to after that? It's and it's amazing. As I wrote, kind of in the beginning of that article, like it was like sixteen months ago, seventeen months ago. That they were up twenty four seven on the eventual champion Chiefs in a playoff game. I mean, it's it is just a kind of a cautionary tale of how things can go so bad so quickly in the NFL. This is a team that I mean, look at the Texans and and you know all the draft picks they trade away and the great players they gave away. They're stuck with a roster that's easily the worst in the NFL. That. I truly think if, if Sean Watson misses a lot of time or doesn't play for them at all, and that all indications based on their moves are he, they don't expect him back, they can have the worst offense and the worst defense mm. in the NFL. That, that's hard to do. That is hard to do. But but they certainly could. And as I said in the story, like you know, they're over unders at I think four right now at BetMGM, and I, I take the under. I, I don't see them getting to five wins. Let's put it that way. Not at all. It's gonna By the be... way, Frank, you're going to take a lot of heat for putting Drew Locke in the Broncos one, but I'm, I'm sure you're used to it. <laughs> you know, well, they got two quarterbacks now, so if that's you, true. If Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater got to be better than Mahomes, right? Because it's two versus <laughs> right. one. There I mean, you that's go. just the way it works. It's quite the uh, one-two. So are you going to give us a snippet? It's not the Broncos. Who is number one, or do we have to wait and see here 32 days later? i I going to have to wait and see, all but right. I, I will say that Perhaps one of the teams that played in the Super Bowl will, ah, will be one. Right. Uh, perhaps, perhaps one of the teams that played in the, the Super Bowl will be number two as well. So, <laughs> I mean, sense. I think that I, I honestly do think when you go into this season, look, I, I really like the Buffalo Bills. I mm-hmm. really there's a team in my top five that that's going to surprise people. Okay. I'll say that there's there's a there's a flag plant team that I'm just saying. I know I'm. Ten spots higher on this team than then not ten, but maybe five spots higher on this team than anybody else. But I'm willing to die on this hill. But as far as one and two go, 
I think it's got to be the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. I think these are look, they, these are teams. The Chiefs are just because of the Mahomes factor and the other guys they got. I think that you kind of got to have to keep them in the top two. And the Buccaneers, I, look, they they bring everybody back. How could you not have them in a, your top right. two? I, I mean, it's 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 very. Uh, it was hard to, I'll say this: it was very hard to choose between the two, and that took me a while. I mean, I I spent a lot of May just studying these teams, doing research, all that kind of stuff, and usually I do versions of power, usually power rankings I do on Monday, right? Like, I mean, not, not that anybody cares about my, you know, how the, the hot dogs are made, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, you do it and you kind of do it quickly, like in a half hour or something, you're ranking teams. For this, I do it, you know, I do it once, I let it go for a couple of days, do it twice, I'll send it to uh, colleagues like Eric Edholm, who I really trust, other colleagues I really trust, and I, I say, does any, do any of these teams look really, really off to you? And as I went, you know, trying to figure out one and two, I, it was it was difficult. I, I, I kind of went back and forth in my mind a little bit on, on who I should have number one. So you look at Tampa, you talk about they return everybody. Everybody's coming back. I've seen a theory out there this summer that that is a concern, that you want to get some new blood in the building, people searching mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. first championship. Tom Brady's there. We know what kind of leader he is. Is is that kind of the response to that when you hear that? Yeah, but Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I think that's a good uh, that's a good place to start. I, yeah, Brady's not going to let these guys get complacent, but that's it, it. Just happens, and it, and not just look. There's going to be narrative street, right? If the Buccaneers, let's say they go nine and seven, and and someone else wins a division, and and they make a, you know go one and done wild card team, something like that. They have a really disappointing season like that. Everybody's gonna, you know, you're gonna go back to Narrative Street and be like, oh, it's because they weren't motivated or because they they were complacent. But sometimes it's just a matter of the the Buccaneers were one of the healthiest teams in the NFL last year. They caught a lot of breaks that way. They, you know, I, I mean, they won three playoff games on the road, which is really hard to do. It's hard to do this year after year in the NFL. You can have the best team in the NFL, the championship team in the NFL last year, bring everybody back, and it doesn't mean it's the same. I, it, it's it's just hard. That's why the Super Bowl hangover is real for many reasons. I, logical reasons we can all come up with, but also part of it is just it's hard year after year to do this. It's hard to to, to catch. You know, who's to say? Not that I'm hoping for this, but who's to say Tom Brady doesn't you know injure his elbow in Week 11 and misses five games? I mean, stuff does happen in the NFL like that. And not just to mention, sometimes you just lose close games. Sometimes it's just not the same chemistry. It's hard to do this year after year. So, you know, I don't think you could just assume, hey, because the Bucks got everybody back, they're going to be the exact same team. You know, you might catch a little bit of bad luck. And you're right, there might be some complacency involved too. Because, you know, think about it, it's just human nature. Yeah, I think that. I'm not sure about this, but I think all the Buccaneers except Brady won their first ring. That might be wrong. I might be missing somebody. Hmm. But there's a lot of guys who won their first ring. And think about it. You climb the mountaintop. That is the ultimate goal for any professional athlete. And it's hard to just come back a year after that and try to climb that mountain again. It's a tough thing mentally to do. I think Shaq Barrett was a Bronco in 15. Yeah, and also Gronkowski, obviously. Oh, yeah, sure. I yeah, miss right, Gronkowski. Right. But, but most of those guys, I think most of those guys, right. like Evans and Godwin and all those guys, yeah. it, it was a, let's say a vast, JPP is another guy who had won rings, but uh, you know, I, I think probably assume 80% of that roster mm-hmm. was his first time winning a ring. And, and look, it's just, it, it's just hard to come back the year after that. All right, let's get to a question that uh, everybody's asking. I'm very sick of it, but it's Aaron Rodgers and it's the Green Bay Packers. Uh-huh. See, I think Hard Knox is waiting to make their announcement of their team until they 
they find uh, if if he's going to Denver because that would put them uh, under the HBO cameras. I'm convinced of that. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe I'm wearing a tinfoil hat. But regardless of what Hard Knocks does or doesn't, what are the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? Where are they headed, Frank Schwab? I, I've always said this, and I'll continue to say this, and maybe I'll be wrong, and, and you can, you know, if you want to save this clip and play it back, but. I don't think Aaron Rodgers plays for any other NFL team other than the Green Bay Packers this year. Now, he might retire, but I don't think the Green Bay Packers are trading him. I think that that window basically passed after the draft. And, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago where, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, once, you know, before the draft, all options are open to you, including Denver's ninth pick, including, you know, all, all their picks, basically. Once you pass that kind of, uh, I don't want to say deadline, but once you pass that, you know, milestone in the offseason, your options become limited for trades. And, I mean, are you really going to want the 25th, 26th, 28th pick next year, 32nd pick next year? No, not really. Like, I mean, that, that's just such a step down for the Packers. And, you know, maybe they're going to play this game of chicken and lose. But I really truly think as I sit here, the Green Bay Packers are, are legit when they say, we're not trading you. We're, they don't want to trade him. And I think they're just going to – I think they might be willing to die on that hill. And maybe we get a Carson Palmer situation where – you know, we're six, seven weeks into the season. They're right before trade deadline. And the backers realize, no, Aaron's not coming. Like he, he's being bullheaded about this, and we might as well get something for him. But I don't, I don't see Aaron Rodgers retiring after an MVP season. We all, you know, everybody brings up Jeopardy. Who's to say he's going to be the host of <laughs> right. Jeopardy? Honestly, like, yeah. like I mean, uh, there was, uh, they, everybody thinks it was Ken Jennings, right? Like, I haven't looked up BetMGM to say they had the Jeopardy odds <laughs> up, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is necessarily this lock to say, "Hey, Jeopardy, I'm here to host your show." I, I mean, they might be like, "Hey, uh, well, thanks, but no thanks." So I don't know. Aaron Rodgers has the leverage people think he does. I, I really think the Packers could just dig in and say. You know, you have, I think it's $70 million left on his contract. He's coming off an MVP season. He wants another Super Bowl. He wants to add to his legacy. I think the Packers can sit back and say, if you want to give all that up, that's fine. But we're not trading anywhere. We're not going to be the team to trade the great Aaron Rodgers right in the middle of his, what's still his prime. In the AFC, of course, we hear a lot of Kansas City love, tons of Buffalo love. There's been Cleveland love. And I haven't heard a ton about the Ravens. Lamar Jackson is entering his mm-hmm. age 24-year season. You think there's still got to be some upside to this guy. That that improvement still can be made. Is it just the 1-3 in three record in the playoffs that make us not completely enamored with this guy? Or is there more to it? Because he's still young. You think he can still get better. Right. And I think there's a couple things. And it's just kind of like... The Ravens become boring after a while, and not 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 their fault, but they're good every year. <laughs> John Harbaugh is, is is kind of one of these underrated coaches who you look at his resume and his record, and how often that team is in contention, and it's it's pretty amazing in this NFL. I, it probably gets overshadowed by Belichick doing it for two decades, but he's been kind of Belichick light every year. The Ravens are in the playoffs or contenders, and it's just we want the new thing. We want Josh Allen. We want to believe in the Cleveland story, and so I think the Ravens kind of slide under the radar a little bit because they're just kind of there. They're not exciting. They're not. I mean, they were a couple years ago to Lamar, but they're not. It's not fun to pick the Ravens, but yet they are one of the best teams of football. And I do think I don't even think honestly don't think Lamar needs to get. That much better. I get it. I get what you're saying. I, I understand that people are out there say, oh, he's got to improve as a passer. And he probably does. But like you said, he's young enough. He, he's still getting experience in the NFL. 
And let's remember, this guy was a unanimous MVP two years ago. Yep. I mean, he that's his peak. And he if he just does that again, the Ravens are going to be pretty well off. I think the playoff failures have, have probably uh, you know uh, painted them in a certain light that they can't get over the hump. But I don't buy that ever. I, I think that this team is more than capable. I think that you know last year, you look at their record, and it was a little disappointing. That's why they were on the road in the second weekend of the playoffs at Buffalo. But they were dealing with a lot of COVID stuff. I, they they lost some close games. At their best, they were as good as anybody in the NFL, including you know Buffalo, Kansas City. And I think that they're right there again. It's just not fun to pick them because picking a okay whether that's picking the the, the clock to move twenty four hours. You know, I mean, okay, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be in contention. We all know that. It's it's more fun to pick the you know the Browns or the or, or the Bills or even the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. I think that we're just kind of have a little bit of Ravens fatigue, and you know people are going to need to see them take the next step before they really buy in. Speaking of hills to die on, there's a team in that division that that I'm going to die on this hill because I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, run at the top of the AFC North is coming to a close. If you take the four quarterbacks in that division, I think Roethlisberger's four, and that's putting Baker Mayfield ahead wow. of him and Jackson and mm-hmm. Burrow. I just think that the Steelers, who won the division last year, Frank, I won't fall off my chair at all. All if they finish fourth uh, in their division, and I love yeah. with confidence under eight and a half for the Steelers. I, it's really interesting because they're one of the teams I struggled with because I wanted to do kind of what what you talk about and put them, you know, really low on my rankings, right? Like I, they really struggled at the end of last year. I kind of took a step back and I you know, looked looked back what they did last year, looked at the results, you know, looked at their stats, all that, and. I, it still is the number one defensive football. This is a, that, that that's going to take you a long way. I think their offensive line is bad, and they didn't do enough to 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 fix it. And I, I did not like the Najee Harris pick because you don't draft a running back when you don't have an offensive line. You just don't. Like I, it's just not the way you build a team in the NFL in 2021. But they did it, and, and maybe he helps. I don't think this offense needs to be great. We we keep thinking of this because of Roethlisberger. I think we think of the Steelers as this. Offensive first team that, that's throwing 5,000 yards as Roethlisberger's done at, at least once. And that, that kind of, that, that, and now that that's fallen off, we think of Steelers are going to fall off, but this defense is really, really good. Uh, you know, my guy TJ Watt out there, mm-hmm. he's defensive player of the year candidate. They got guys at all three levels that can really play ball. Let's say this team does have a top five defense again, which I think is totally possible. And the offense is even middle of the road, which I, th- I think it's fair. I, I think it's fair to, to ask them to do that. It's hard for me to put. It was hard for me to put them too far down the list. Let's put it that way, because any team with that good of a defense isn't going to go that far. But I get, I get it what you're saying because we kind of saw Ben really fall off at the end of last year, and expecting a rebound at his age, uh, it, it, I don't know. Maybe a year more removed from this major elbow surgery will help him. But it's almost like we we just kind of anticipate this being the Ben year where we say he uh, he might have stuck around like the 2015 Manning season basically yeah. where it's like wow Ben Ben probably stuck around one year too long. So yesterday Carl Nassib comes out as gay and it was a story mm-hmm. I, I know in the community but overall it was a blip and I took Thankfully. that as a, yeah a great thing what a great thing that that great for him great for the league that this did not become a story that dominates every talking head conversation, that it didn't start our program today, that it was good for him, and we move on. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it is it's a good thing because, you know, I think Eric Adelson, who I used to work with at Yahoo, uh, you know, he put it really well that if there's even one kid out there 
who's kind of struggling with with coming out or his you know his confidence over you know just not feeling good, you know good about himself in his own skin. There's one kid, one kid out there who mm-hmm. sees that and is like, "This is an inspiration to me. I, I can be myself. I can come out too." Then it's all worth it. It really is. It, it is. It, it's. I think it's a great story. It's great for the NFL. And the funny thing is, like, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know that. I don't want to be wrong about this, but I. I think teammates knew, right? I'm sure that it wasn't like some big, huge secret in the Raiders' locker room because, you know, you even go back and you've heard about you know, Michael Sam at Missouri. This Missouri team is like, yeah, we knew. But right. We weren't going to out him. Right. I mean, I think that that's a positive, too, that, no, this isn't our place to tell the world about Michael Sam. Like, if he wants to come out, he can come out. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I think the same was true with Carl. And good for him. And, again, to be – and not to do this, it wasn't – like you said, it wasn't, you know, it, it was just kind of a, hey, I feel comfortable putting this out there. And, you know, and again, hopefully it's an inspiration to others and, and helps us, somebody else and just kind of leads the way and, and other guys feel comfortable with it. It's not a big deal in 2021. I really, I, I hope not anyway. And I, I think, you, like you said, the, the reaction, then it's just kind of like one of those because he is the first active guy to come out. But I don't think it's it's as big of a deal as it would have been 10 years ago, definitely 20 years ago, anything like that. I mean, I remember when uh, Esra Tuaolo, yep. uh, he came out after his career was done, his old you know, defensive lineman with the Packers and the Vikings, and that was a really big deal. Like, wow, there was a mm-hmm. – but now it's like, you know, it, I think guys know. Even Warren Moon, I, I saw his tweet – he basically said, yeah, I played with guys who were comfortable coming out. Well, that means he knew. Sure. <laughs> you know, he knew that guys were. So it's not like Carl Nassib is the first gay player in the NFL. He's just the first one to take this step. And hopefully others feel comfortable with that step. And, again, I really want to put out there that if it just helps one yep. person out there feel better about their, you know, better about their, you know, being being gay or, or whatever, then I think that that's totally worth it and a great, great story. Absolutely. Last thing for you, Frank, you also cover sports wagering at Yahoo sports.com your tweet uh uh uh, tipped us off on the on the dodgers 150 games the last time they were (laughs) that is remark that is a remarkable and 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 the line makers had it right as they got beat last night at all um are you are you i mean you shouldn't we're not surprised that the sports wagering continues to grow at the pace uh that it is i saw bet rivers are the latest to uh, hook up with a professional franchise today the bears and and bet rivers signing exclusive agreement man how much bigger can this get right Are, are we are we halfway there yet, um, or are we just tip of the iceberg? I think I think about half. Which I mean, look, only twenty five states have it legalized right now, and there's going to be a few handful of states that never legalize it. But we're probably going to add fifteen to twenty. Uh, I mean, uh, it's going to get bigger and bigger. Here, I thought you were leading me into talking about my Milwaukee Bucks. I was at Game Three when they turned the series around. Nice. Favorites to win the NBA championship. I'm fired up here about the Bucks. I, I can't wait for for Game One tomorrow. And, and yes, you could go to yeah. Hey, go to BetMGM. Bet the Bucks to win the NBA championship. Because as weird as this is for me to say out loud, the Milwaukee Bucks today are the favorites to win the NBA How championship. I, I'm 44 years old. And they have never made a finals in my life, so you know I, I'm I'm fired up over here, and that, the dread will come in when they start playing the games, though. I, I'm sure of that. Well, they were ten to one after they fell behind three. To we were talking yeah, about yes. it. I thought there was value there at ten to one. Uh-huh. Said so. Yeah. Wish I would have pulled the trigger, but I've got the Suns at eighteen to one, so I'm feeling like I'm in a pretty good spot. Nice. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they're good. The yes. Phoenix Suns are. Look, I, I, as much as I, I love my Bucks and I'm excited, like I look at the Phoenix Suns. I went to one. Of, you know, I'm out here in Denver. Obviously, went to one of the games of the series. The, 
game four of that series and was just like, this team is really, really good, and I don't know why they've been disrespected as long as they have. They're they're just as good as, as anybody in the NBA, and they're showing it. Frank, great stuff. Look forward to uh, – so what are you going to – how often are you going to put out your teams as you count down from 32 to 1? Uh, one per weekday, so yep. the and the countdown ends on the day before the Hall of Fame game. So basically, from now until preseason starts, every single day go to Yahoo, and you got got plenty to read about each team. I uh, love it. It's one of the rites of passage as we inch our way to the season. Frank, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for doing this for us. Absolutely. Thanks, Al. Yep. Good to talk to you, Frank Schwab. YahooSports dot com. Uh, Houston, number thirty-two. So, who's the team he's willing to die uh, that he's going to plant that flag? Hmm, uh, a team see- team that he says he's going to have the Browns five to ten spots higher than anybody else. Yes. There might be some other people that have the Browns that high, though. Yeah, Green Bay. I mean, no, Rogers' decision. Um, I think I know. It's not the Denver Broncos. No, it's not. It's not the Denver Broncos. The Chicago Bears? No. No? Okay. It's in the NFC. It's in the NFC. And I'll tell you this, Trent Condon. I've been wrong about this team before. The Dallas Cowboys? (laughs) I was a year ahead of schedule. That you were. I think so. Who do you like in the The, NFC West? Oh, in the NFC West? In the NFC West? Uh, Niners? There's days Do you that like I am, the Cardinals? No. There's days I love the Rams. Like, I'm going to take the Rams to go to the well, Super Bowl. I can see that with Matthew Stafford. And then there's days, eh, offensive line, a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Good defense. Good defense. Ramsey, Donald, mm-hmm. and company. Got some dudes on the outside. They can run the football. So you, I could see that. I, but where, where would the... And it's also, I've seen so many losses with Stafford. Yeah, but you're saying he was he was wearing a Detroit suit. He was, but that still and impacts a, me. A bunch of different coaches. Once a loser, always a loser kind of thing. Yeah, I think he's going to shine. I think he's going to shine. That could be the team. Yeah, that could be the team he's we'll referring see. to. By August, where we will be. Uh, we'll be uh, here to get your play of the day next. How'd you do yesterday? One and two. The Come. ones that I told you I was scared about, I just took the Dodgers because they hadn't been an underdog. Right. Loss. Yeah. And then that stinky, gross Diamondbacks Brewers game mm-hmm. that you didn't like the lot. No. But we were right on the Indians. Yeah, I told you Savali. Yeah. Though and he got he hurt. Left. He left. He left and had that. Uh, that trainer was right on his hip. A little concerning. Well, a team it, that has had a lot of injuries. Did this you year. see what uh, what uh, 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 Ryan Dempster said that because he, he uh, JD was off yesterday. He said he might have heard it during batting because they came out. They were looking at his knuckle. They were flexing his like his middle finger, uh-huh. and he thought maybe from batting. And Demps was um, going back to his playing days. And the, anyways, that's yeah. what it looked like. But yeah, he was one out away being able to uh, figure in the decision, and sadly he couldn't get through five. Which would have been his eleventh win of the year. Is that he, what it was going to be? He was oh, either eight knuckle. and two or ten and two going into the game yesterday. He was good. I mean, yeah. he confounded the uh, Cubs that batters ball. again. Miller and Condon. One more segment on 1460 KXNO and 106.com. Wolf Roofing has learned a few things over the years. We understand that no one wants their home improvement project to drag on. So at Wolf Roofing, we plan for your project well before we set foot on site. As a result, most projects are done in one day. We also know quality is important in the big things like a proper installation and in the details like cleaning up well and using magnets to find stray nails. Find us on the web at wolfroofing.com. Or give us a call, 225-88.com. 
If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. Two balls, no strikes to Valley's Nick Meyer in the two-hole playing catcher. Now here comes George Nighouse. Fastball. This thing is ripped deep into left field. Going back, 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 and up, and it is gone. Two home runs in a row for the Valley Tigers. Valley takes both sides of the doubleheader yesterday, our play of the day. Brought to you by CISN TV all season long. High school sports along with the Des Moines Menace Soccer Squad. Nick Meyer. My buddy's son with the home run yesterday, Joe Stacy. I was going to say, call. that was Joe Stacy, wasn't it? Absolutely yes. was. The voice of the Barnstormers. And uh, more games coming up this week. In fact, Dowling Catholic on the road. They'll be making their way tomorrow to Southeast Polk. And I'll be on the call for both sides of that doubleheader, including the nightcap right here on KXNO, along with the video stream on CISN. All right, good stuff. Well, let's get to your play of the day. Uh, do you like anything today? I really don't. This has been one yesterday that I... Three jumped out at me, right? Mm-hmm. And today, not the case at all. You got this weird noon game after a two-game series with the Twins and Reds. Nothing there. Wiley on the side. I guess I would lean Reds in baseball. How big of a how big of a favorite of the White Sox? The White Sox. Giolito goes to after that four-game embarrassment against Houston over the weekend. They are just minus one sixty. Anderson's okay. Yeah, Giolito's good. Um, Houston, big got to be a big favorite over Baltimore. I mean, a massive favorite over Baltimore. They are. It is minus one eighty in that one. So you take the Sox, you take oh, the okay. Astros, That's you put what it together playing. here. Okay. Hendricks goes for the Cubbies. Uh, might put the Cubs on one. And Look how about the hoops you. tonight? No opinion. Not really. Not right now. I I will have some player props. Paul is out. Yes. Kawhi Leonard is O-U-T. We know that. Zigzag theory if you subscribe to it. Yeah. I don't know if I should. Uh, anyways, uh, Murph and Andy are coming up in an hour and five minutes. And the Fanatics at three. Uh, Cyclone Insider goes tonight. Hines and Petey. Randy Peterson. I'll uh, have that uh, coming up tonight at six o'clock. Uh, Murph and Andy start another date of local programming tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon weekdays 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM.